theyeshiva.net. Dafnun Zayin, the second column. Okay, let's start again from the last paragraph. Ubaze Yuvan. I mean, we learned a few lines, but we'll repeat these lines. Ubaze Yuvan inyan amayfes adishin shayr Hashem yizbarich lepara. This will explain the first miracle that Hashem showed para show inyan neshanapach amatul lenochash. That the stick was transformed into a snake. Shazau hagdama lechala esemakas. This was really an intro to all of the ten makas. It wasn't stam one more miracle. It was actually the prerequisite, the hagdama, the yisoid for all the ten makas. The ten makas were basically a continuum of this one moifus, which also explains why it's the first moifus that Hashem showed Moshe back in the desert. The first thing He told Moshe was, "Throw down your stick." And it became a snake, and then hold it, and it became back into a stick. And this is the first Moifus, he's telling him to do the para. So it's not stam coincidental that he likes this wonder more than other wonders, for whatever reason. But there's a psa toichen here. We explained what's the concept of the ten makas. It was to crush, it was to break the clippers. What pshat clippers? So you may think that clippers is something abstract. Called the psklipis, some energy in the world. The pshat of klipis is shem chinas yesh v'davar b'fnei The definition of klipa is that it substitutes reality for a pseudo reality. Meaning, it it's the conception, it's the awareness, it's the it's attributing to anything in the world the feeling and the experience that it's a yesh v'davar b'fnei It's something separate, something detached. Something that has a real ego, a real yeshus, outside of the reality of Kutchabrichu, of the Ainsaf, Kumasha Kasav. Pasuk says in Yecheskel that Para used to say, Li He would say, The river is mine, Sasini, I made myself. Rak the It's from the Gemara at the end of Menachis that they sometimes call God the God of gods. In other words, it's not necessarily clip, it doesn't mean necessarily you deny any higher reality. It means there is a higher reality, but the higher reality is a god over a god. The god is the god of gods. In other words, I'm a god. I'm a demigod. And he is the god of gods. So the moifsim in Mitzrayim, the esamakis was laharis lahem. To demonstrate all the klippis, that even though notwithstanding the fact that they are really klippis and sitrachir mamish. Nonetheless, they themselves, even presently, are receiving every single moment their entire vitality, their entire consciousness, all of their power, they're receiving perpetually from holiness, from Hashem, from the Ein Saif. It's just, as we said, that there is a distortion of the energy. In other words, that the energy of the Ein Saif, the way it enters into their consciousness, the way they process it, it is that it's not Kedusha. That's why the person could say, Pari could say, That's why he's capable of oppressing. That's why he's capable of, uh, of crushing, of murdering innocent people. That's why they're capable of living a life that is extremely oppressive and evil and cruel. Because even though the power to do whatever they're doing is coming from Kedusha, but nonetheless, the Kedusha is converted into a Klippa. What's why the Kedusha is converted into the Klippa? It becomes the Nitzutz, to use the terminology earlier, the nitzutz, the spark, the divine energy, let's call it divine energy, the divine spark, becomes completely eclipsed and concealed within their reality. So that's why it becomes something that we call a klippa. What means a klippa? It covers, just like a klippa covers over on its truth, 
and you don't see its truth, the mitzutzas become so dark and so eclipsed that they cover up on their own truth of what is really contained in them, what is really contained in them, the ain't soif, but they present themselves and they experience themselves as completely separate. Either there's no God at all, and even if there is a God, He's a God of gods, but I'm also a God. In other words, I have my own ego. Yeah. Yeah. I, before Shviris HaKelim, these very Nitzutzas were completely one with Ein Saif. They expressed their truth. As he said before, Begilu V'yichud Gomer. But through the Shvira, the Nitzutzas are Nislabish B'toich HaKlippus. What's that Nislabish B'toich HaKlippus? Again, it's a marshal. Nislabish doesn't mean like a hand in a glove. That would be physical Nislabishus. Here we have to understand it in a more abstract spiritual way. Nislabishus means that it can't recognize itself. It gets distorted. Its energy and its content and its substance gets distorted. Like the fruit in the clip, and the only way I can take out the fruit is if I break the clipper. So here you have a conception of a reality that its entire reality is really part of Einsaif. Its entire reality is really Kedusha. Its whole Chiyos it gets from Kedusha. But nonetheless, none of this is expressed in its daily conduct. None of this is expressed in its consciousness. None of this is expressed in its operations and its functionality and in how it conceives itself both internally and externally. So Bemela, the Makis, represent one truth, and that is that really, really they are not something separate and detached as they imagine in their own dimyon. Kedemyonim HaKoyzev means in their hallucinatory imagination, actually in their false imagination. Really, they are completely bottled. They are completely nullified and subservient and aligned. Aye, they completely don't feel it. Paray says, Because the chios, the life force of Hashem, comes to them through Mesachim. Mesachim means veils, curtains. And an evolution of many gradations. In other words, the energy evolves and gets lower and lower. Atsumim doesn't mean it's not only in quantity, it's also in quality. It goes through tremendous transformations. The restrictions and the concealments on this chiyos of Kedusha are so intense, are so powerful that the Kedusha component becomes so opaque, they can live an entire life and declare, the river is mine and I made myself. And it wouldn't even cross their mind that really their entire reality is nothing but an expression of godliness, an expression of elikus, that there's really no Metzius outside of elikus. So they create a substitute Metzius for themselves and that substitute also comes from Kedusha. That ability to be able to deny God is also a divine quality. It's also divine. It's the divine energy that is giving them the consciousness and the intellectual power or the emotional experience that that itself comes from the Ein Saif. How can the Ein Saif allow something that's completely contrary to itself? That's the Saif Hashvira and that's the Saif HaTzimtzum. That it becomes so concealed that this very energy becomes distorted and suddenly, with the power of God, you declare that you're God. 
with the power of God, you declare your God. It's the God in you that tells you to deny God. <laughs> so it's a, it's, so it's a, you have a very fascinating phenomenon that it's the very divine in the person that is allowing them to completely deny the divine because without the divine, they wouldn't have any kayach. They wouldn't have any chiyas. They wouldn't have any existence. That's what we do, no? Yeah. And therefore, the moment there would be a revelation of any enormous light beyond the tzimtzumim, not restricted, their entire legitimacy, their entire value, their entire existence becomes nullified. Why? Because it's not like you're dealing with a real competition. It's not that you have kedusha and you have klipa. That's the main vartir. There's no two forces. There's only oneness. In the world, there's no duality. There's no compartmentalization. It's not like you have the koyach of Kedusha and you have the koyach of the satan. Often, we live in a very dual reality. There's God and then there's the satan. There's God and then there's Klippa. There's holiness and then there's Sitrach. He says, there's no such a thing. There's only oneness. There's only oneness. Einoid Movada. Elamai, because of the concealment of the truth, there is room to experience the world in terms of duality. There's room for compartmentalization. But that only comes because of a concealment of truth. The moment Sitra Akhira, the moment clip is exposed to a Ha'ara that's beyond Simpson, to any powerful ray of light that is beyond all the restrictions and the concealments, what happens? There's no struggle anymore. There's no conflict. It's like it's brought in, in Tanya and many Svarim that when you ma'at or when there's darkness in the room, you don't have to battle the dark. You don't have to come into the room and say, what do we do with the darkness? What do we do? It's so dense. All you have to do is open light. You light a candle and the darkness dissipates. What happened to all the darkness? The pshat is, as already brought in the Rishonim, there's a machlaikas of the definition of darkness is the absence of light or it has an entity in and of itself. If you say, like many, that darkness is basically the absence of light, so then the definition of darkness is that it has no definition. The definition of darkness is that it has no light. The moment there's light, it's not like you're battling something. The very idea, what is darkness? Darkness means there's no light. It's just a void of light. The moment there's no void, it doesn't exist anymore. So what is clip? A clip is the conception that there's no Kedusha here, which is not true. There's Kedusha everywhere. All of it is ain't so. You don't have any other reality. There's no other identity outside of, of Elikos. Elamai, Bishas, you don't see your real identity, you create substitute identities. And the question is, how far, how extreme, that the, that the level of Klippa, there's so many different levels of Klippa, how deep the darkness, how deep the falsehood, how deep the distortion. The distortion could be very, very subtle, it begins in very, very subtle ways. Somebody pointed out on Shabbos, we were talking about the Maimah, that he was getting a wrong impression or, or, or he thought he was getting a wrong impression that clipper means negative thoughts. A person has negative thoughts. I want to lie. I'm, I'm going to lie. So that, that all comes from clipper. But the truth is that clipper could be sometimes positive thoughts also in the sense that a person is always uh, stuck in a place where they have to affirm themselves because they're good. <laughs> right? I say, I'm a good person. I did this, I did this, I'm a saint, <laughs> I'm a malach elikim, I'm so good. But a person is always busy thinking how good they are. So, and they might be right, it's all true, they show, look what I did yesterday, look what I did today, look how much chesed I do, look how nice I am, look how this. And what happens, however, is that becomes also a certain type of uh, shell that they live in, huh? Yeah, it's a different type, it's a different type. 
but it's also all these types of things. So the person is constantly validating themselves. They also need to be a yesh but in a very good way. I'm this and I'm this and I'm that. They can't really let go. They can't just be part of the part of truth. I always need to validate myself. Good, I'm validating myself with positive things. Talking with good things. I do good things and I prove to myself that I'm a good person. I am a good person. I have to be that good person because I can't just be. Yes. Somebody gets the second wind at the ten thirty at nine. He has to sit and learn. So he should miss his shear in the morning. He should be what? He should miss his shear in the morning. Is that a clip? Is the It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you get so inspired, you know, but it's the wrong time. Neither he's being yet at, at that moment. You have that problem. It's either you're validating yourself. Well, if you aspire to learn, you should probably learn. You don't have to make so many cheshbonas. It's either you're validating yourself. You know yourself that you have to go to sleep a certain time. Take a nap the next day. It's either you're validating yourself or you're not. You get up and you take a nap the next day for an hour. You have to be creative. That's my point. Validating yourself or not validating yourself, you're still in that mode. I'm busy validating. Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not a criminal. I'd rather validate myself than, than, forget, than, than okay. destroy myself. Fine. That's for sure. That's much better, yeah. You're saying it's both, not an either or. They're both from the same source, you say. It's, it's, it's a person is still, is still in, in somewhat of a shell, yeah. This is somewhat of a shem. You know, when we say Kriyashma... They have, always have to tell themselves things about themselves. They always have to tell things to themselves about themselves. That's the, when you say Shema, right? So, uh, you know, all these good things are going to happen. And if you don't, all these bad things are going to happen. So you, you, you're taught that, that life here on planet Earth is black and white. You do good. You get good. You do bad. You get bad, and 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 that's Shema. That, that's that's the that's straight from the Torah. How do you how do you say that there's some other uh, zone that we're supposed to be in, where uh, you know it's it's in black and white basically. You, you know what I'm saying? That that's that's how it vishinamtem levanecho. You know, and 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 do it this way and don't do it that way. And you're coming now. You know, uh, with this whole. Uh, Thing where uh, you know you're supposed to be in some other zone where ooh, you know I don't I can't you, you, you can't even you can't even uh, illustrate it for us because it's so vague it's so opaque. A yid came to the Psimcha Binam of Pshischa, and he said, "Look, I'm a Russia Marusha, and nothing that happened that nothing that God threatened the second parish ever happened to me." He says, look, I'm that person, and nothing ever happened. He says, says, that's because you did the mitzvah of Krishna. He says, I don't do the mitzvah of Krishna. He says, I see you, no Shema. It's at least <laughs> once in your life. You read Shema, so mainly you have, uh, you have all these things. Uh, the the Rambam says in Ilchus Tshuva, it's very hard, especially today, to know the cheshboyness of how things work. Of a reward and punishment. It's not the psa that uh, we could wrap our brains around. A person has to know what a mitzvah is and what an aveda is and how it counts and what type of mitzvah. What the, there's a whole pedic in Rambam Hilchas Truva at length that no human being 
could make these calculations. Yeah, yeah how it works. Especially Bisman Hazet says in Perkeyavis, we have no understanding today not of the tranquility of the Russia and of the pain of the tzaddik. It's not like a black and white situation. Somebody is a tzaddik and they have all good and somebody is a Russia and they suffer terribly. As you and I know, many, many good people experience terrible suffering and sometimes really good people experience terrible agony and one wonders why. And sometimes people who you would think you know, would do well with the agony mm-hmm. in terms of their rishis and achzarius, uh, sometimes have at least what seems to be a tranquil life. So the Mishnah says, already in Pirkei this is already after the Churban Bayashen, Eim biyadeinu, loy mishalvas reyashen v'loy misriyat tzaddikim. In Tanya there's a section, the Geras HaTshuva, where the Balatanya explains why that is, why the system has changed so dramatically that nothing is black and white anymore. He says a famous expression there, he says, you have in Torah so many chiyuve krisis, people who do avedas and they're chayav karis from heaven. He says we see so many chayav krisis veherichu yemeim ishmeisehem batoyvu baneimim. They had a riches yomim with kishmaka good years. It was no benichlas on nefesh ayimayamal. So what changed in the system is the Torah right? This is going to cut your soul off. Cut your soul off. He says nobody's soul gets cut off. Herichu yemeim shesayim batoyvu baneim. He goes into a whole arichis, what pshat. He explains the whole idea of, uh, you know, how people get chiyos, etc. It's not for now. But the Nakuda here is that, yeah, you're touching on some of the great mysteries, but it's not that we could figure out and say, this person, oh, he gets these, this punishment, this person gets this cha. Also, sometimes the Rambam says a person could do one mitzvah that counterbalances a million avedas. And the other way around also. So it's not like one mitzvah versus one aveda. It's very hard to know these things. These are very uh, mystical uh, calculations that transcend the regular human mind. Okay, Pamela. When a, a, a deeper ha'ara comes out, it's Pamela. It's not a comp- it's not a competitiveness. You weren't fighting with anything. The whole thing was simply a distortion. The moment you shine light on the distortion, it's over. The moment Vashti shows up without any levushim, without any distortions, there's no Vashti left as the Mayor brings from the Balsham. All Klippa always has to happen through Levushim, always cover-ups. The moment you strip away the cover-ups, the moment there's a Ha'ara, the Ha'ara is not being concealed in shells and husks, what happens? Telemum of Not a competitiveness. This is what the Moifsim and Mitzrayim were demonstrating. Where did this come out? In the first Moifis, the stick that was converted into a snake. Why? It's the stick that becomes a snake, and therefore it's the snake that comes back into a stick. The word mata means a stick. But where does it really come from? It comes from the word lahatois, hatoya, which means anything coming down is called lahatois. You say, his noite, his das. What's noite, his das? His das is uh, gravitating in a certain direction. Hatoya means you bend something in a particular way. You bring it forth. That's what a mat is. The shooting star, the, I call it the Halei's Comet. The Shavit is the Koichov. Yeah, the Gemara says once in 70 years, it's Eule and it shoots. The word Shavit means a whip. The Shvatim are called Shvatim and Matos. Why are they called Shvatim and Matos? By Daber Moshe, Al Rashi, Hamatos. They're also called Shvatim. A Shavit is a branch from a tree. And a mat is a stick, is also a branch from a tree. 
The difference between a shevet and a matah is a shevet is still attached, and a matah is already detached, and that's why it's 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 firm, it's strong, it's sturdy. You could use it as a cane. A branch is still moist and not so sturdy. You can't use it as a cane because it's flexible, it's uh, it's pliable. A matah is not pliable, but the concept is the same. It represents a branch that comes from a tree. So Yaakov is like the tree, and the shvatim are branches of the tree. They're also the matas. Koicho the shavet means a star that shoots from one direction and it goes, it, it, it journeys into the other, and journeys throughout space. So what does Mata mean? So he explains as follows, the Hainu, Kol ham shacha seder ishtalshlus dekdusha, mireish kol dargen atzoyv kol dargen nikre Mata. The stick basically represents a flow from a higher place all the way down. The whole evolution of seder ishtalshlus, of kedusha, from the highest level to the lowest of levels, it's all part of the stick. It's basically the divine energy that comes down through one world, another world, another world, another world, the Ein Soif penetrating throughout all the worlds and all of consciousness, that's called a stick. But the stick is straight. Why is it straight? Because even the lowest part of the stick, you could look up and it's parallel, it's symmetrical with the top of the stick. Because it's one reality that comes downward, but it's one reality. The top of the stick and the bottom of the stick is a straight line. Now you have a snake. A snake is a whole different reality. The Tanin, he mucker, ha is the Mitzrayim. The snake represents the source of Klippus of Mitzrayim. Kamay Shekosov, Yecheskel says, he describes Parai, ha Tanim, ha Godel, ha Reuvitz, The great crocodile, the great snake that crouches within its rivers. That's the Tanim, ha Also physically, as we said, the serpent has a very um, curved. Gate, they call serpentine it serpentine gate. Gate means the way it, the way it, uh, it moves. So it's completely opposite of the mata. The mata is straight, and the nachash is curved. What does this represent? This represents the same energy, but the energy gets distorted, so it doesn't follow a straight line, and therefore you can't recognize the beginning from the end. The beginning is one place and the end is another place, even though it's the same snake. Now at the surface, it looks very sophisticated because you're not connected to one space. But inside, it's lethal, it's poisonous. So Pari is called the Tanim HaGadol HaRoivitz B'Toychi It has a very sophisticated, a very elegant gate, a serpentine gate. So this represents how the Kedusha energy comes into Klippa and distortion. So Moshe and Aaron were showing him something. They were really giving him a shear. They didn't walk into the palace and take a stick and throw it down and became a snake. Balatanya says they were giving Pari a shear. What was the shear? Huh? No, they did it. But the, what they were doing, what, it, came with a, it came with a presentation. It came with an idea. Huh? It was a teaching. It was a visual. It was a visual. The same shear that Moshe got from Hashem, he was doing Chazor Sashir to Parah. With Parah, you had to change the shear a little bit so Parah should be able to understand the shear. Because Parah didn't have a good head like Moshe. But uh, he didn't have a, I should say, a sensitive mind like Moshe. But he was giving him the same shear that he got. He was giving him a shear. The shear came, a good shear is always graphic, it's always visual, so people could get it, right? Audio is very difficult. When it's visual, you can get the shear. Pare, let me tell you who you are. Your mistake is not there's God and there's you and you're busy fighting God. 
Let me explain to you. By betraying the Jewish people, you're actually betraying yourself. By betraying God, you're betraying you. don't know who you are. They were showing Parai. What were they showing him? The snake comes from the stick. It's not a separate entity. The chius of Kedusha, which is called Mata, that is the whole source. From there comes existence. From there comes chius. From there comes vitality to the Tanin, which represents the source of all the Klippas. You have Niagara Falls as the source of energy, the source of electricity. You have the Tanin Hagadol Pada represents the Makara Klippas. It all comes from the Mata. Kamashakasu, the Pasuk says, Raglel Yordis. He doesn't want to finish the Pasuk. Raglel Yordis Mavis, which in Kabbalah means that the legs of Kedusha go down into the place of death. Umalchusoi Bakoil Mashallah. That's what we say in the Tfilah of Rosh Hashanah. His Malchus Bakoil Mashallah. It's not pshat, it's malchus, the divine. So it doesn't mean malchus, it doesn't mean that God is the ultimate king, and if he wants, he could kill Para. MS. That's not the vart here. Malchus, that's, that's, that's conventional pshat. Hashem is the melech, he's the real king. If he wants, he could kill Para. If he wants, he can destroy Para. Here he wants to say something deeper. Malchus, is that that is the muhus of Para. The Malchus of Hashem is the Chius that gives Parei Chius. In other words, the Etzem of the Nachash is also the Mata. It's just completely concealed, completely distorted, completely eclipsed. But as Malchus, but Mashallah, not as in dominates, permeates, penetrates. Malchus Chamalchus Kalela. Using Malchus Tafka as always the, yes. the experience below. Yes, yes. The Malchus which allows for otherness which in its ultimate manifestation, in an extreme way, will allow for otherness that is completely alien. Not just other as in other, but an other where there's even an enemy. Yes, it doesn't happen through a gradual evolution. There has to be a tremendous evolution and tremendous amounts of tzimtzumim, which restrict and conceal the energy more and more and more and more and more until what comes out of the other side is you don't recognize the nitzutz anymore. You don't recognize it anymore. That's called klippas. But the klippas are also nitzutz and But you don't recognize anymore. It's lost in translation. Its message is lost. Its content is lost. Until it could become a snake. A stick becomes a snake. What does it accomplish? What do these tzimtzumim achieve? The shefa, meaning the flow from the word hashba, gets so concealed. That there can be the creation of this great snake crouching in the law, in the rivers and declaring the river is mine and I made myself with the energy it's getting right now from the stick. From Kedusha, from Ein Soi, because Malchusoi Bakoil Mashal. And then they show him step two. Step one is the snick, st- stick is converted into a snake. Step two is Hanachash Nepach Lamata. The snake becomes part of, back into a stick. And then in step three, Vagam, Vayiv Lamata, Aranes Matoisa. And then Aaron's stick, after the snake, converts back into a stick. Iron stick now swallows up their sticks. Hainu. But the Torah leaves out that. Rashi has to tell us that. No, Vayivla Mata Aaron says. Rashi explains, yeah, you're right. Right. 
Rashi says, what do you mean by Yivla Mata Aaron? He didn't have a Mata, he had a Nachash. So Rashi says, The question now is, why not make his snake eat up all their snakes? Yeah. I mean, what do you have to go through this whole process? You made this snake, this snake into a snake. Okay, that was pretty impressive. Problem is, they did the same thing. So now you need to go step two in the game. Step two in the, in the Moifus. So let his snake eat up their snakes? No. The snake first had to become a stick. And then the stick swallows up the sticks. So the Alter Rebbe explains, Hainu, Shechazar p'chines ha-tanin le-izbata le-gabe yagdusha The tanin now reverts to be, become bottled, to become nullified. Legabi the divine kedusha kibari shayna, like it was in the beginning. What do we mean in the beginning? In the beginning of existence, before the shviras akelam of tayu, before the clipper, before it all happened. B.C.E. before clipper existed. V'zel ingin halos anetzutzes hanal. This is the concept of the sublimation of the sparks. When you speak about halas and etzutzis, this is what halas and etzutzis means. Halas and etzutzis is this. What's that elevate the sparks? The sparks are always sparks of holiness. Elevate means, spiritually speaking, again, we don't mean physically to pick them up. Elevate them means to be able to allow them to become aligned with their true identity. To crack, to crack the surface, to remove the superficiality and to be able to trace back the energy to what it really is, to be able to see what your real true yearning is, what the real nitzutz is, then automatically there's no klippa. Why? Because there was never klippa. Halas and doesn't mean I fought the klippa and I destroyed it. No. I, was, I revealed the truth, and then we saw that it never existed. Everything you have is only kedusha. The whole klippa is just a way of interpreting Kedusha. It's a misinterpretation of the same energy, just misinterpreted, and therefore misplaced. That's what it is. Like what, what is it? Huh? Like Achizah Yeah, again, Achizah in Halacha means uh, <coughs> optical, uh, optical illusion. So you have to be careful with that Lashem, because to say it was Achizah Seinayim, the children that were being thrown into the Nile River wasn't an Achizah Seinayim. And the oppression of the Jews wasn't Achizah Seinayim. That's what I said. When we say clippers, achizas enayim, it's true. But achizas enayim doesn't mean here that it's an illusion, that it has no power, that it doesn't create havoc, right? How much harm was created in the world because of it? It has a lot of power. It means it doesn't have ultimate power. It doesn't have enduring power. It doesn't have true substantial... um, uh, It doesn't have true substance. And therefore it's not sustainable. Because by definition it's based on a cover-up. And at some point reality is going to emerge. That's its nature. In fact, the name reality comes from the word real, reality. The nature of realness is that it emerges. It's real. And when realness comes out at some point, there it goes. Like huh? Like yeah, when the earth comes out, so what's the, what it, your definition was that there was no light. So as long as the teacher doesn't show up, it's Lebedic in the classroom, right? <laughs> the moment he shows up, it's all over. The game is over. Why? Because there, no, there was no real substance. Yeah, why is the guy responsible for this Kedusha of sports? So, you know, 
No, this nitzitz is in everything. This nitzitz is everything why in the is, world. Why is a guy being responsible for such, uh, you know, to behave in a, in a holy way, basically? Well, everything or, is kedusha. You, so you, you, you're demonstrating to Paro that, uh, hey, uh, it's a stick, it's a snake, it was kadosh, and, it, and he made it... Uh, no, he's going to say. He distorted it. What, what, okay. Look, right? But zehedu lepara. But this they demonstrated to Paro. Ulu Mitzrayim, not just to him, to the whole Mitzrayim. That their greatest mistake is that they think that they're a yesh. They think they have their own entity and they're responsible for it. They have to carry the burden of existence. The Dabar Now, of course, he's talking here about a very spiritual idea that relates to Padre and Mitzrayim and every person. Padre and Mitzrayim, again, are not just figures who lived in a particular geographical location. At some point in history, but it represents in each person that burden, that need that the person should be able to have to be able to tell himself that he's a yesh v'davar b'fnei that he's detached from God at any single point. So they showed pada einam yesh v'davar b'fnei atzma kiim b'chol rega nimshech lem achius melakus. Every single moment, their entire vitality is coming from godliness. Ela shuhu yisbarach kel mistater. The only thing is that Hashem is a kale, a God, who conceals himself. And therefore when he wants, the same snake goes right back into the mata. Why? Because the snake comes from a stick. And therefore when it comes from the stick, if you hold on to it, if you look into it, it goes back into a mata. That's what also happened with Moshe. When Moshe's stick became a snake, what did it say? It says Moshe ran away. Why did he run away? Because from a snake he ran away. So what did Hashem say? Come and grab it. When he grabs it, it goes back into a stick. What's the Havana? The Havana is, to quote uh, the line, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. What makes it a snake is that you believe it's a snake. If you'll stop believing that it's a snake, it won't be a snake anymore, because it's not. The only power of Klippa is that you attribute power to it. It doesn't have power. The moment you stop looking at it as such a scary thing. It's not scary anymore because it's not scary. It becomes scary because you believe it's scary. And the more you believe it's scary, the more scary Ataka becomes because that is, its power is perception. That's its power. The more perception, the more power. Is it power perception or is it power that you're giving it power? You're giving it power through your perception of its power. And that is its power. No, meaning to say that if I give it power, then it can hurt someone else. That too. Yes, I know, it gets a little more complicated than just an internal emotion. But, but, but the, the concept hand, is that... You don't want to destroy it completely, right? Because you got to keep him around. Well, in, in Mitzrayim, it was pretty much havoc. <laughs> it was pretty much havoc. Rabbi, for Yaakov wanted to basically identify who he was when he was wrestling him. What is your name? Who are you? Once yeah. you identify it, then you can defeat him. Yeah. It's yeah. unknown, it's unknown. Yeah. He's doing something very different here with Klippa than he's done in his other Mamora. What I mean is the following. For example, we had by Pesach, eating matzah was halos and itzosos. We spoke about halos and itzosos, beer and itzosos. He's not talking about that at all. The only lesson in Mitzrayim was to show them the lesson that, that Klippa is real, what Klippa is, and there's really an itzosos kedusha. Teach them that lesson. Nothing here about the Jews being maleb and barlos, just for themselves, eating matzah, nothing. It was just a demonstration once and for all what Klippa really is. It's very different than he's used Klippa before. Yeah. The past he's talking about the Ipsos says that we take it away Mali. He's not saying that. 
Just let them understand and learn. Let the world know that what Khalifa is. So he says that all the Marcus was the same Nakunda. All the Marcus was the same Nakunda. That the whole gr- Mitzrayim was the superpower of the world. It was the grand, the grand, uh, what is it called? The, the breadbasket of civilization. It was, it was the country and the self-aggrandizement of Mitzrayim and the, the power of Mitzrayim and the grandeur of Mitzrayim. It created a whole reality which basically is a pseudo-reality. It's a substitute reality. I, I, I hold matzahs that's what it is. What do the Makas do? Physically it devastates Egypt. But he says it's not just the physical devastation. Teach them a lesson. The water becomes blood, the fluff frogs, the lies, the art of etc. All the way down to Arba Cheshach Makas Pcheres. To get the Jews out of Egypt, fine. He could have done one, two, three, and Vaitigaganyan. The Pshat is this was a process of demonstrating that ultimately when Kedusha emerges, when Moshe and Aaron represent the Dvar Hashem, so then what happens? What happens here is the clippers Where does it all come out in a visual way? In the first Moifus, before the Makas. Because this was basically the introduction of what Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to teach Parah. And that's why Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim essentially is a paradigm for all types of Geulahs. Because all types of Geulahs, whether collective ones or individual ones, operate on the same level. A person may be dominated by Klippa, by Mitzrayim, by Para, by the conception of Liya Oiri Vaniya Sassini, which again can translate in so many different ways, from an exaggerated self-aggrandizement to exaggerated self-denigration, uh, which is really the same thing. But it's all based on the idea that what? That the human being is completely not in touch, or partially not in touch with that truth, of how powerful they are, because they are nothing but an expression of Hashem, Ein Saif. And every single moment, in every single situation, the divine energy infuses his or her entire reality with all of that reality. So that means the only truth at every moment is the truth of Ein Saif. The only truth I should be holding on to every moment is that God is with me and in me in this very moment, in this very place, in this very experience, in this very emotion, this very encounter. And I can open myself up to that, which means that in every situation I'm open up to endless possibilities. I'm completely opened up to an ain't safe perspective, endless possibilities. But that is a very, very uh, profound awareness. And that awareness is often cloaked with many, many a shell, many a husk. So here the demonstration to Pari was that the entire Nachash really comes from the Mata. So it's not just that the truth is the Mata, not the Nachash. It's that the truth of the Nachash is also the Mata. If you could just look in, if you won't be afraid of it, if you'll hold on to it, if you look deeply into it, you'll see what is it, it's also the Mata. And that's why the Nachash becomes the Mata, because that is what really what it is. That is, it doesn't have another identity. It may think it has another, it doesn't have another identity. So all you need to do is, you have to basically, um, um, you have to expose it to what it is, yeah. Think about what you just said. That, that's, that's the paradigm for every geula. Being made aware that what klipa is. So who is being made aware here? Paro. Paro. Who was really redeemed here? Paro was redeemed. The mitzvah redeemed. At the end, when they came to Moshe, after Machas Koros, they say, okay, we give up. We realize now they're all klipas. So we're saying is that Jews could not be redeemed from Egypt 
until Paro Mitzrayim were redeemed from Klippa. Well, that's why he began the Maimer saying, Vayinatzluas Mitzrayim. A major theme in Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim we see is not just the Jews getting out of there, but somehow taking all their kalim and all their God, like this became the big thing. To the point that Chazal saying Brachas, Rashi brings it, that it was the initial condition when he tells Moshe of Achir, he told Avram, he told Moshe, you have to. Already, before the Gaul, he says, you're going and you're going to take out everything there. What's the big deal? Because I'll say, so Avram shouldn't say, oh, you knew how to do the first half, but you didn't know how to do the second half. This became a major theme. And you see in Shmois, he already says it, and then in Boy a few times, that they have to empty out Mitzrayim. The Gemara says, They took out the last fish. The question is, what's Nikea? Just get out of there. I have to take out the last part of Mitzrayim. That's why he's explaining it. That's the site of the Maimer. Because L'chayr is just, you want to get permission to get out. So run out. Run. You have stuff. You don't have stuff. A major theme here was, as he says, Shalaktu kol ha-nitsutsin shenoflu Mitzrayim had the most nitsutsin kedush of any country in the world. And Vayinatlus Mitzrayim is representative, not just of the Jews leaving Egypt, of the Jews collecting and bringing out all the nitsutsin in Mitzrayim. On this, he says, and he starts over the whole Maimer. So that was the basis of it. That basically, they weren't only leaving Mitzrayim. They were elevating from Paray and from all the Mitzrayim and from the entire country, all the Nitzutzes that were in this place. How did they elevate these Nitzutzes? By the Makas, which broke the Klippa of the Nitzutzes. All the energy that was in Mitzrayim, all the spiritual energy in Mitzrayim, so to speak, comes up. And gets liberated and gets sublimated. Liberated. Where do we see they did any halal beer? By Pesach, we said we eat the matzah. That's our halal. Same. That's the word. They took all the clay kesef, all the clay zol, all the Where do we say they were ma'ala them that there was halal? So they so say they collected them. But we don't see in this mimer that they actually took those nitzutzes and did anything to themselves in terms of halal. We see the nitzutzes were discovered to be nitzutzos, not klipos. And power when it's So that's why he said in parentheses that that's halal on nitzutzes. The first element of Anasal Tzitzis is that the Tanin is Mizbatl Bifnei Hakdusha Lekiskibarishina. The moment the Tanin already loses its appeal, loses its power, that moment that the Tanin, so to speak, surrenders its, uh, its egotistical veneer, that is the first stage of Allah's Anatsutzis. Because the Natsutzis are really Kedusha. You don't have to create Kedusha in the Natsutzis. Yes, the Nitzutzes could go deeper in Kedusha, deeper in Kedusha, deeper in Kedusha. But the Nitzutzes are Kedusha. Elamai, it's like the fruit. You don't have to liberate the fruit. You just have to expose the fruit. Okay, but the Jews were bystanders to this. They didn't do any... This was all about God and the Minstrom. The Jews right. were talking bystanders. In this Nikudah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. In this Nikudah. It seems like there were two stories happening. Yeah, there was the break, break, breaking of the Mitzrayim right. and their ego, their guy, showing them. And Jews learning by watching all this. And then leaving the rest of the Yeah, like Hashem, like I said, Hashem is representing the Jews. He kept saying, I'm going to harden his heart. You know, I'm going to make him... Give him more, give there's him more. There's no beer, there's no halal. They just, they just watched this happen and watched the Mitzrayim get broken down so they learned a lesson to be seen by the whole world that what the, the, the Klippa doesn't really exist on its own. This was the first so. attempt yet to demonstrate the whole process of how creation works. Huh? That's what he said, that the Yidin themselves but the Makas, he didn't need to prove to the Jews that God exists. They believed right away. 
the makas you needed to be able to prove to the mitzvim that God exists, in order to bring out to the world of Klippa that God exists. All right, it should be a paramount lesson that we delayed getting the Torah for a year. Or the year, as a result, did you get the Torah for a year? That's the value of the yeah. 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 To prove that what? to the Yidin that God exists? No, that's yeah. what I'm, he said before that the Yidin didn't need any Moifsim because Hashem said, Ma'minim The Gemara says in Shabbos that when Moshe said, Vehem lo Yaminuli, so he said, Yisrael Ma'minim bnei Ma'minim. They're Ma'minim bnei Ma'minim. When it says Moshe came to him, it says, Vayamin Ha'am. At least 20% of them were. Right? Every other time we had... You we go had, to Shittase, I see. Every other time we had it, we had what we did with the... What are you supposed to think? Right, right. Here we collected them like kids at a bar mitzvah, collecting the candy bags, when they, you know, running around collecting its own. We didn't show we did anything. That's okay, but I mean, that, that's the Rosh showing a lesson in our presence before we leave Mitzrayim. We should see it once and for all. We should see it, and that should, should happen. The Nitzutzes themselves needed the... It was a Rachmanus on the Nitzutzes also. Yeah, it wasn't easy to schlep it, huh? Nachash doesn't just disappear, though. Nachash becomes a matzah. The Nachash is converted into a matzah. It's not a separate step. It's a kind of full moment. It's a kind of full moment. That is halas on etzutzas. The moment that the clip becomes aware that it is Kedusha, so it's already a whole different Mitzvah. So why can't we go back to Mitzvah? That's the part, because the Nitzvahs were taken. The Nitzvahs were taken. So you're saying there was a, those Nitzvahs represented Kedusha and Mitzvahim for a certain amount of time, and then... Yeah, I would, I would just, I think, uh, I, mean, uh, I think that we said it last year, but I, I think it's very applicable also in people's personal lives very profound ways. Um, usually, very often in life, that which you're most afraid of is really the source of all of your healing. That which you're most afraid of, the snake in your life, the snake in your life is really very, very powerful and it's very, very scary. But it's usually a distortion of very, very good energy, very sweet energy, very holy energy. But in the process of life, energies get distorted because we live in a world that dis- we live in a psyche and we live in a world that distorts reality. It covers over reality constantly. And the void of life is to go out of Mitzrayim. Going out of Mitzrayim means the first thing is to bring the Esamakas, to break Klippas, to be Megala the truth. So very often you'll have a person, they will not talk about things that are very, very shameful or very, very vulnerable, or very, very painful, because they feel that this is like the lowest part of themselves. This is their snake, and you want to run away from your snake. You don't want to deal with it. You want to make believe it doesn't exist. The truth is that your snake really comes from your stick. Your stick represents your divine energy. Your divine energy, however, often gets misrepresented, and there's a misinterpretation here. So when you have the courage to grab onto it, and to look at it, so then what happens? The first thing you have to know is that there's no real snake. The snake always comes from the mata. That's the first thing a person has to know. If they attribute to themselves only evil and lack of godliness, that's the first mistake. A person always has to know that everything ultimately is traced back to Kedusha. That means there's nothing that can't be redeemed. There's nothing that can't be liberated. There's nothing in your life that you have to completely cut out. There's no such a thing. that you have, to, you have to know how to deal with it, but not completely cut out. 
There's no part of you that is so rotten that we have to amputate it for all of eternity because when God looks at that, He's like, eh, I'm going to vomit. He's not going to vomit because it comes from Him, basically. <laughs> now the question is how to be able to see that. So when you basically look into that nachash, what happens often is you could see, when you could see the nachash from that perspective, you will see that the nachash is really another mata. Elamai. It went through a tremendous shvira. It went through a tremendous tzimtzum. A lot of the work is to identify the moment of the Shvira. What was that moment, that holy energy, became so distorted in your psyche? There was a moment, there was a moment in life that you had your Shvira Sakelem. Every person has it in a different moment in life. It's usually when you're young. <laughs> when you're young. Hitting rock bottom? No, 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 so, no, no, not hitting rock bottom. It's that when a certain energy became interpreted in your psyche in a certain way and it produced snakes. It produced snakes that bite yourself and bite other people and create poison. If you have the courage to be able to look at that nachash and trace it back and realize that really there's goodness, there's a tremendous amount of goodness, right? So essentially you may have here the origin before anybody spoke about this. You may have here the origin of a lot of the work of, uh, of psychoanalysis, a lot of the work of going internally, of tracing back or tracing upwards the source of the clippers. What is it really? It's really, we come, we say, I have snakes in me. Things that bite me, they bother me, they harm me, I have obsession, I have fear, I have guilt, I have insecurity. They take up space, I have snakes all over and they're very scary. They bother me. They drive me crazy. It may look like hate. It may look like jealousy. It may look like deep envy. It may look like resentment, fear. What are, so many different types of things. Alienation, uh, deep frustration, deep anger, deep sadness. Whatever it is, deep obsession, deep guilt. These are all snakes. That's what they do. They're snakes. But Nachash, Valatanya writes elsewhere, is Begematria Mashiach. Right? 358. Nachash is Isis Chayshin. So how does that happen? How does the Nachash who created the disaster of history, the same Nachash, by the way, he's the one who created the first disaster, how suddenly does he become a Shiach? Because <laughs> what did the Nachash do the first time? Look at the first Nachash and you'll understand it. What did the first Nachash do to Adam and Chava? The Nachash was brilliant. The Nachash came to Chava and said, did God tell you not to eat from the fruit? Is it true? I hear, I, I read on Google, I read on the websites that God said not to eat from the fruits. So Chava said he said not to eat and not to touch. So we would expect the Nachash to do what an Apikaris does. Nachash would say, who cares? I'll take his act. Didn't say that. The Nachash said, actually, I have been analyzing God for many years. God has an issue. He has an issue. It's called self-confidence. Yeah. He knows that if you eat from the tree, you're going to become like God. Now you have to understand, God never had a mother to tell him that he loves, to tell him that he, she loves him. He never had nurture. So he has issues with himself. He doesn't want competition. He doesn't want competition. That's basically what the Nachar said. The Nachar didn't say deny God. The Nachar said, I'm going to put God in context. <laughs> That's what you have to do. He's also a victim. He's a victim like everybody else. He knows the Yisim Kelikim. Rashi says... This is how he created the world, huh? He doesn't want competition. He's a grand pianist. He stole the show. He doesn't want you to steal the show. 
So now the Nachash says, I actually feel bad. He needs therapy. But like every good therapist will tell you, just because your spouse needs therapy doesn't mean you have to become codependent. You don't have to become codependent. Just because God has issues, it's not my problem. You want to eat, eat? You see the brilliance of the Nachash? What was the etzim mistake here? The first issue the Nachash did was, before anything else, he said there's two realities. There's God and there's you. There's God and there's you. When God commands you, by definition, it's dictatorship. So now why should I become a victim of his problems? He's a dictator. Let him work out his own. Let him go to therapy. I don't have to pay for his therapy. But what is the Nachash really saying? The Nachash is really saying is, a mitzvah means a dictator is telling you what to do. You have a dictator. He's telling you what to do. So you reject it. The guy has issues. <laughs> why is he telling you? Because he has his own issues. So why should I become your victim? What was the mistake here? The mistake here was he turned God into what we all do. When we use the word God, we do what the Nachash did. We turn God into an entity. And this entity tells me to do things, not to do things. So there was a philosopher, his name was Nietzsche. So he once said, if God exists, I want to be him. What was he saying? Was why, did you ever think about, why is God the one who has all the power? He decides when you die. He decides when you're born. He decides when you get sick. I want to be him. He didn't believe. But if there is a God, I want to be him. What does this all come from? It all comes from the Nachash. What the Nachash did was he created the first duality in the world. What's the first duality in the world? First duality is there's God and there's I and we're busy fighting. And now there's an option. Either you're a religious Jew or you're a secular Jew. But you're both the same really. You're busy. You're busy dealing with God. The religious Jew says, I won't exist. I'll let you exist. And the secular Jew says, you don't exist. I will exist. But it's the same vert. Religion and secularism are both based on the same idea. <laughs> both on the same idea. And that's why they both create the same lack of relaxation. Both, yeah. That, that's the point. That's the point. So what Dr. Rebbe is trying to teach us here is that this is all from the snake. It's all from the snake. The snake right away says, so by parades, he becomes abusing a whole people. He's a shtickle Hitler. But, uh, but, uh, but the concept is the same concept. The concept is, you turned God into the entity who either is the one you're going to surrender to or you're going to fight. But you have to surrender or fight. Why am I not going to eat from the tree? I'm hungry, I want to eat from the tree. But this was all the nachash. What was, what, 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 this is the beginning of Klippa. The beginning of Klippa is that there's two realities, there's duality. The MS is, when you say Hashem gives you a mitzvah, say it much differently. It's not even Hashem gives you a mitzvah. It's basically, Ein oid mulvade. What do we mean, Ein oid mulvade? Ein oid mulvade means, God speaking to you is you speaking to you. God speaking to you is you speaking to you. It's the ultimate you speaking to the outer you. Because the very you is Ein Saif. The very you is Oir Ein Saif. It's an extension of the Ein Saif. That's what Bittl means. Bittl means alignment. So it's not God told you not to eat from the tree. Who does he think he is? Either you surrender or you don't surrender. Either you get angry at him or you dismiss him. Either you kill him or you kill yourself. But it's all the same problem. You're killing yourself, you're killing him. And by killing yourself, you're also killing him. By killing yourself, you're also killing him, so to speak, in your conception. Because that self is the also part of the Ein Saif. 
So there's two definitions of a mitzvah. A mitzvah is either God speaks to you, or a mitzvah is God speaks through you. The moment of Eitzadas, God doesn't speak through me, He speaks to me. Oh, that's already a distortion. He doesn't speak to you. He speaks through you. In other words, it's the ultimate you, which is the Ein Soif, is being expressed here. So it's not like, oh, who do you think you are to tell me what to do? <laughs> who do you think you are? Right. <laughs> yeah, who do you think you are? Or even say it in Ben, the other way around, to yourself, who are you to tell God what to do? Both are based on the same reality. Both are based on the fact that you're carrying this need of existence, which comes from the burden of having a tremendous shell that separates you. And in the real truth, in the real truth that has to be healed, is that there's complete oneness. So when you look at the Nachash, the Nachash is the Gematria Mashiach. The Nachash is the Chayshin. The Nachash is the Mata. Because even the distortion, the clip, also is a, is, is a Kayach of Kedusha. That itself is a Kayach of Kedusha. So therefore, in a person's life, what does this mean? In a person's life, it means that sometimes you look at your snakes in your life, and they bite. And sometimes they're lethal. And they're very, very powerful. Whatever they may be in a marriage, in your own psychological self, in your own relationship with yourself, with Hashem. But really, really, you could trace it back to the moment where the Nachash was a Mata. The Mata converted into a Nachash. It reversed into a Nachash. And therefore, the Nachash could be reversed back into a Mata. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.